Now, according to Wikipedia, you are related to the Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps. Is that true? Lifespring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show. Lifespring number 181, a conversation with David Phelps. Right. Hey, how's it going? Welcome. Welcome to LifeSpring. It is so very good to have you with me today. And I'm your host, Steve Webb. What a great show I've got for you today. I cannot wait to tell you about it. But first, if this is your first time here, let me be the first to say how pleased I am to have you join us. LifeSpring is in its fifth year now, and well, where have you been? <laughs> We've been waiting for you. We've saved a spot for you. And there's even a nice cold drink in the fridge for you. And if you prefer, there's some nice spiced apple cider on the stove. Help yourself. Snacks are over there on the table. Make yourself at home. You can even take your shoes off if you like. But that's my chair. That easy chair over there, don't sit there. No, feel free. Go ahead. So what is LifeSpring? Well, there are several shows in the LifeSpring Media family, but the show you're now listening to is the flagship. Here's how I like to explain the what is LifeSpring question. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said this. Rather, he asked, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that very question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What will you find here? Well, you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe. So that's it. That's what LifeSpring is about. To find out about the other shows on the LifeSpring Media family, be sure to go to LifespringMedia.com. To contact me, email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Or better yet, call the toll-free comment line so I can hear your voice. Call that that uh, toll-free comment line at 877 433 9-1. Yes, it's that time of year again, when children's thoughts turn to making lists for Santa, when shopkeepers listen for the ringing of their cash registers, and sparkling colored lights appear everywhere. Ah yes, it's Christmas time again, but wait, Christmas is much more than toys and malls and decorations. Hi, I'm Steve Webb, and this year my friend James Cooper and I will, for the third year, bring you the LifeSpring Why Christmas Show with Christmas customs from around the world and the true meaning of Christmas. And you can be a part of the show, too. If you know how to say Merry Christmas in a language other than English, record it on our toll-free Christmas line at one 877 in the U.S. or Skype out works from anywhere in the world, or send your recorded Merry Christmas greeting to LifeSpringWhyChristmas at gmail.com. Be sure you tell us your name and what language your Merry Christmas is in. Be a part of the show. The LifeSpring Why Christmas Show at LifespringWhyChristmas.com. Merry Christmas. Today you're going to hear some of the best music out there because I'm going to share a conversation I recently had with Mr. David Phelps. I'll introduce you to him in just a few minutes, but if you haven't yet heard of him, you're going to be blown away by his music. 
and I think you'll really like him as a human being as well. But first, let's take care of a little business, if that's okay with you. There are bills to pay, and your kind support of our advertisers helps to make that happen. First off, CovenantEyes.com. Those guys are fantastic. They've been sponsoring the show now for several months, as you know if you've been listening. And these are the guys that have the internet uh, pornography temptation thing sort of, uh, well, they've got it taken care of, if you ask me. If you're one of those people that struggles with the temptation of internet pornography, you really need to check out CovenantEyes.com. And if you'll go to Covenant Eyes and uh, when you sign up, use the promo code LIFESPRING, you'll get 30 days absolutely free as kind of a, a, a welcome to the program and uh, as a thank you to uh, using the link for LifeSpring. Now, what they have is, uh, well, you've heard of the 12-step programs where there's a sponsor and where there's accountability. And that accountability is really the key. If you know that everywhere you go, a report is going to be sent to the accountability partner of your choice. It could be anybody that you want. could be your wife, could be your husband, could be just your friend, it could be a, a, a pastor. If you know that they are going to get a report of everywhere you've been, you're probably going to think twice if you are tempted to go to one of those sites that, that you've told them you don't want to go to. So CovenantEyes.com has got a really great program. In addition to that, they've got a filter that is amazing. Go to CovenantEyes.com, check out the program, and when you sign up, be sure to use the promo code LIFESPRING for 30 days free. Next up, I want to thank Overnight Prints for helping to sponsor the show as well. Those guys have an amazing process and great products. I've I've been using them for, I don't know, five, six, seven years, something like that. And every time I need to print business cards, I use OvernightPrints.com. You can design your, your business card right there online. They've got a fantastic uh, customized program that you can set up your card. Or you can design it yourself on uh, Photoshop or whatever you might happen to have. If you're good at that stuff, you can design your own card that way and upload it. And what's great is they've got the fastest turnaround time in the industry. If you order today by 5 p.m., your product will print that very same night. You just can't beat that. Those guys are amazing. They've got customized business cards, magnets, flyers, greeting cards, invitations, labels, letterheads, postcards, address labels, stationery, t-shirts, signs, you name it. If it can be printed, they can do it, and they'll do it for you quickly and at a really good price. So that's OvernightPrints.com. Lastly, GoodShop.com. Here we are coming up to the Christmas season. As I record this, this is uh, December 1st, 2008, and a lot of us are going to be doing our shopping online. You could do LifeSpring Media a great favor if you would first go to GoodShop.com and check out the uh, shops that are there. It's amazing what they've got. I'm, I'm just uh, scrolling through here really fast uh, online. Best Buy. Buy.com, eBay, Guess, Hotels.com, HP, LL Bean, Macy's, Nordstrom, PetSmart, Sears, Staples, Teleflor, Zappos, Walmart, on and on and on. If you first go to GoodShop.com and tell them they're on the website, there's a place that you, you can put in. Uh, it says, who do you Good Shop for? Just put in LifeSpring Media in Riverside, California. And every time you make a purchase there, it helps us out. It helps the ministry of LifeSpring Media. And so I would really appreciate it if you would do that. Go check it out. There's hundreds of shops. And what I uh, read to you was just a tiny little fraction of the stores that participate in GoodShop.com. Let me introduce David Phelps to you by playing a cut from his brand new CD called The Voice. If you have never heard this man before, you are going to be blown away, this voice. This is called End of the Line. It's off the brand new CD called The Voice. 
David Phelps. I don't know where this road is going. I've never been this way before. I'll take a chance if you can show me. You're inside each open door. Want to love with less abandon. It feels so dangerous and free. The truth is, I am only standing because you want to abandon me. But what a all around me and the ground shakes at my feet my worst enemies surround me and I feel sun's heat the flames threaten to consume me and the wind howls from behind but I risk everything to know that you are mine at the end of the line Entered love's asylum Stripped of what I thought was real Oh, it's more than just illusion Can I trust in what your eyes reveal? Oh, the water rises all around me And the ground shakes at my feet My worst
perhaps best known for his eight years with the Gaither Vocal Band, and he's been solo since 2005, releasing five or so uh, CDs since then. David Phelps is an amazing tenor with, from what I understand, a three-octave range. If you've never heard him, you are in for a treat today, and if you are familiar with his work, I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know him better. His audiences have included George W. Bush, huge crowds at Billy Graham Crusades, four Dove Awards, he's got two Grammy Awards, and he's got over 13 gold and 15 platinum-selling projects. So, David, thank you so much for being with us on LifeSpring today. It's a special treat to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very, very glad to be here with you. Well, let's set the stage, sort of get the background on who David Phelps is. Where were you raised? I grew up uh, north of Houston, Texas, a little town uh, called Tomball, Texas. And you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have two sisters, and um, one of them actually travels with me still today, and the other one is a trumpet player up in Chicago, the Chicago area. Now, a musical family. Very good. So uh, what did your folks do for a living? My mother uh, has her Ph.D. in English. She was an English professor, and my father is, uh, was a CEO of a bank growing up, an accountant. Okay. And were very, you... very practical uh, professions. <laughs> <laughs> and so how did they end up having three musical children? <laughs> and isn't that something else? <laughs> I guess we were rebelling uh, a little bit. Well, you know, truthfully, they made music a, a really big part of our, of our home, and... Um, that was the kind of thing that, that just drew us together. Uh, whenever we were traveling or we were at home or, you know, whatever it would be, we would, uh, we would get together and sing. And a lot of times we would be singing in church as well. So. so were you raised in church? I was, as music was an important thing in our home, so was faith. And uh, for me, it was only a natural thing that they would kind of blend together. And, um, you know, a lot of my opportunities, especially early on, were, um, were in the church to, to sing. Tell us about your experience with Jesus. You're brought up in church, and I know a lot of people you know, think, well, you know, brought up in church, I've been a Christian all my life. And obviously that's not what being a, a Christian or being a believer is. Tell us about your experience with Jesus. Um, how and when well, did you start a relationship with him? Well, I started a relationship with him young. I uh, was in church, and I was listening to the things, the, the, the things the pastor was saying and had been for a while. And I remember looking up at my father and saying, I, I think I might need to go down front and make a decision. And he leaned over and he said, let's talk about this when we get home. Mm. Um, and he just wanted to make sure what was, what was going on uh, in my head and in my heart. And we went up to his bedroom where it was private, him, mom's bedroom, and talked for a little while. And then we knelt at the foot of his bed. He knelt with me and prayed with me mm. and asked uh, Jesus into my heart. How old were you? I was seven years old. Wow. Seven years old. And, you, you know, I, I think as any, as any believer uh, would say that following Christ may begin there, but, it, you know, it doesn't, the decision doesn't happen and end there. Right. It, it becomes a daily thing that we have to do, a daily decision. Sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's, as you get older, you're faced with doubts and wondering if you should rethink things, and um, that you have, to, you have to make the decision to... To, um, to follow, and, and it becomes something that is ongoing. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jesus said we need to have the faith of a child, and that's true, and that's good, and it's wonderful when a seven-year-old boy kneels with his dad and makes that decision. But as we grow and as we mature, we do sometimes question and and doubt and wonder about things, and, and we revisit that decision many times, I think. Yeah, and you know, God gave us a mind to think through the questions that come up in life, the things that may look like inconsistency with, uh, you know, with life as it actually is and, and how it's supposed to look on paper. And uh, when it's all said and done, we have, to, we have to keep making the decision to have faith. You know, faith is, is an act of the will, you know, to, to follow because that's what has been shown to me in my life. Yeah, that's very true. That That is an act of the will. It's not a blind faith. It's not something that we just kind of check our brain at the door and, and forget about thinking about the difficult questions in life. Yeah, that's right. You're a father. You've got four kids. Yeah. And what that's are their right. ages? I've got two girls and two boys. The girls are 13 and uh, 11, and my boys are 8 and 4. And you've so, been married for 11 years? for 16 years. 16, okay. Well, <laughs> your bio on your website says 11, I think. Well, it must be five years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 16 years. Well, praise God for 16 that. 16 years, that's right. Coming up on 17. So. And, well, I better ask, what's your wife's name? Lori. Okay. We met at college. We went to Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Okay, so she was your college sweetheart. That's right. All right. Well, you know, since the uh, the bio was wrong about the years, I wanted to be sure I had the name right, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a good plan. Yeah, yeah. Now, according to Wikipedia, you are related to the Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps. Is that true? Is that Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> as much, you know, as I could see how people would mistake me for that, you know, with the swimmer's body and all. Yeah. Uh, that is not true. So. Okay. <laughs> well, that just shows... Someone on Wikipedia should... Uh, see, I mean, we have the same last name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's where the similarities stop. Okay. <laughs> I thought I should preface it by saying that was on Wikipedia. So all the listeners, now we now know that uh, Wikipedia is not necessarily 100% accurate. <laughs> That would have been a fun thing, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's great. Okay. So, um, you know, you have sung with uh, the Billy Graham Crusades, it says, uh, several times, six times, I guess. That's right. Did you get to spend some private time at all with Dr. Graham? Well, I did get to meet him. You know, those were probably from 2000 to 2004, uh, something like that, mm-hmm. so- somewhere around that time period. And, you know... Um, Mr. Graham was not, you know, doing a lot of meeting and a lot of socializing outside of, you know, what his responsibilities were sure. on, behind the podium. So I did get to shake his hand and just say hi, and he thanked for being there. And, you know, it was just, it was like meeting the Apostle Paul, you know. It was okay. pretty great. Yeah. I, I got to interview uh, George Beverly Shea for the show some time ago, and uh, what a sweet man he was, and I was, or, or is, I mean, he's still with us. But I had hoped to be able to talk to uh, Billy, but, uh, you know, he's he's just not to the point at this, you know, stage in his life where he's up to doing very many interviews. So He's he's done a lot of interviews and shaken a lot of hands. Yes. So. Let's talk a little bit about your time with the Gaither Vocal Band. We've had Mark Lowry on the show before, and he's told us some funny things about Bill Gaither, and it sounds like uh, Bill and the guys had a lot of fun together. Uh, yeah. Do you have any stories that you wanted to tell about Bill or, or Mark Lowry? 
Oh, well, goodness. Most of the ones that I remember, I, I shouldn't uh, <laughs> tell. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? I had an incredible time when I was out on the road with them and learned so much, learned so very much, and, you know, laughed until we were hoarse, you know, just... Yeah. We just, so many great stories. Bill always has a great joke, and I love that time of life. You know, it was it was pretty great. So you were with them for eight years, correct? Eight years, that's right. Okay, so how did you get that gig? Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the beginning of your career. Was that, like, your first big break? Um, yeah, I pretty much was. I'd, I'd sung as a soloist from the time I was 18 uh, for about nine years. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking with a record label about doing a solo project, and we were down the road on that, and they mentioned that the vocal band was looking for someone. And I had always dreamed about working with Bill and Gloria, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, you know, Bill's in his seventies now, and he's just an icon. Yeah, uh, he's been, you know, been through so much in this industry and in music in general. And um, they made a call, and I went and auditioned, and uh, I guess the rest is history. And was with them for eight years. The newest project that you have out right now is called The Voice. So let's talk for just a moment about the voice, your voice, your personal instrument. When did you realize that singing is what you wanted to do full-time? Yeah, you know, as I said, I grew up in a singing family, and I always just loved it. But, you know, it was just something that I loved as a kid, you know. And then I kind of got away from it in my junior high years. And then in ninth grade, I was asked to sing a solo at a Christmas show that my town put on, my town, Tomball. And I got out there and I sang, and the place erupted, and they gave me a standing ovation. And I got in the car that night, and I told my dad, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it really hadn't changed since then. You know, it's, you know, my dad being an accountant, he was like, well, you'll, you can go to college and get a degree in accounting, and then you can do this. <laughs> you know? But it didn't take long for him to to you know, get behind and, and see the momentum that was just happening around what was going on. And so um, from that point on, that's just really what I've always dreamed of doing. So was that the first point at which you realized that your voice was not, shall we say, not the run-of-the-mill voice that most of us are given, that you were given a, a really, truly unique gift? Well, I'll say this. I, I had tried a lot of things that I was not very good at. Uh-huh. And to get out there and to do something that a theater full of people stand up and applaud until they bring you back on stage. You know, that, that was a moment that I thought, well, I found something I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, you know. And, of course, you know, I, at that point, I was very fortunate. You know, God put in my path some incredible people. First of all, my mom, who is a great musician, okay. helped me. And then when, I, when she realized she couldn't help me further, she searched down vocal instructors that could moved me to, from level to level. Okay. And um, also my high school music director and my church music director growing up were very integral people in my life. So did you do solos at church and things like that beforehand or before this particular night of uh, this Christmas concert? Oh, yes. Um, now, I, as I say, I had gotten away from it for a couple of years because it really wasn't cool. I was, I was a junior high boy, and, yeah. you know, I didn't want to be singing tenor, you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> that, I wasn't cool. I wanted to play football. That's what, that's what uh, you know, that's what will make the girls notice you. Yeah, right. And so, um, so I'd gotten away from it for a little while, but I always would, you know, they would ask me to, to sing a solo here and there, and um, definitely that was 
a part of, you know, from early childhood. So do you do anything to take special care of your voice, your instrument, to keep it in shape? Um, I think the most important part is rest, making sure that, you know, I have enough rest to recover from whatever I've done. And, you know, a lot of water and just, you know, kind of a similar thing to what anybody else that is using their body for their career. You know, you just have to really watch it and take care of it. I know some people that are in the music industry that are singers that, that even smoke, and it, it just kind of, it, it surprised me. And one time I asked one of them, you know, why why do you smoke? Why do you not take better care of your voice? And uh, his, his answer was not particularly uh, satisfying. And so I, I just... <laughs> was it thrilling to you? No, it, it wasn't. <laughs> well, you know what? I know people like that, too. And sometimes... Um, I, I know people who took up smoking because they wanted to get a certain texture in their voice yeah. that's a popular sound, yeah. um, and that'll do it. And it works for a while, yeah. And but later, you know, five, ten years down the road, depending on who it is that's doing it, yeah. uh, it comes back to haunt them, and they start to lose too much range, and uh, it uh, they get too much gravel in their voice. And, right. You know, so there is a reason people actually do that, but right. it's. It's not a good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it will shorten your career, I would think, after you know just a few years. Absolutely. At least it, I would think it, so. It's very detrimental in the, in the, in the long run. Yeah. Whenever I think of uh, you know great singers that smoked, I always think of uh, Nat King Cole, and you know we we lost him to cancer because of his smoking. And uh, that's right. And you know Sinatra, and sure. you know a lot of those. You know, there's a there's a tone that they that they were kind of going for, mm-hmm. but their health really suffered from it, and you know it's really not worth it. Okay, so let's talk about the new CD then, the voice. We talked yeah. about your personal instrument. Let's talk about the CD. The bio on your website, davidphelps.com for those that want to go check it out, says, I'm going, to, I'm going to read this paragraph. David knew from the beginning that he wanted to perform music for the glory of God. Not everyone understood his commitment to faith, however. I had several teachers who felt that I should be singing opera or performing somewhere on Broadway, he recalls. David recalls, you recall. In college, particularly, I had a teacher who kept pushing me strongly toward classical music, but when she finally accepted that Christian music was what God was calling me to do, that became the turning point for me. Okay, first, let me say that I'm not going to beat you up here. Um, I strongly supported Amy Grant when she began doing some crossover tunes, and I've always supported Christian artists who look to music outside of the church. I get that. Some of the tracks on The Voice are overtly songs of faith, but some of them aren't, like I Want to Know What Love Is, originally recorded by Foreigner. I gotta take a little time A little time to think things over Unchained Melody may be the best-known recording by the Righteous Brothers. And there's even uh, Puccini's aria, Nessum Dorma, an operatic cut. Nessum Dorma, Nessum 
tua fredda stanza guardi le stelle che tremano yeah. I know that, that Christian artists who do crossover things get beat up sometimes by people in the church. What do you say to them for, you know, selecting some of these secular songs? First of all, you feel free to beat me up all you want. To. No, That's no, I, I, have, I have no desire to do that because <laughs> I, I, I get it. <laughs> just, just know that, you know, I didn't just walk blindly and stumble into this. this these are things that I, I really felt... We thought about them long and hard before we did it, because I, I know that there are people with uh, different viewpoints, and you know I'm not interested in alienating my audience. At the same time, as a Christian, as a human being, as a spiritual being mm-hmm. walking through a human experience, mm-hmm. I can't ignore the experiences that we have, sure. and and I don't want to anymore. You know, I I want to embrace this human experience. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I want to embrace it looking through the eyes of a Christian worldview. You know, when, when I went into this record, first of all, we wanted to choose the most incredible songs that we could absolutely find. And that included brand new songs as well as old songs. And, you know, that's where, you know, Puccini's Nessun Dorma is an incredible song. It is an incredible piece of art. It really, truly is. Yes. As well as I think, you know, by the numbers of people that the song is such unchained melody. And, you know, these songs are very moving emotionally. In choosing these, past just choosing the, the incredible songs, an equal criteria was, can this song be looked at through the eyes of a Christian? Can it be embraced by a believer? And... Um, I have to say, as I looked at, you know, Foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is. I grew up, I was in high school when, when I heard that song, and it was a great song. But as I, as I was looking for songs that kind of fit into this criteria, I came across that song, and I sat down, and I read the lyrics and said, I can buy into that. That is something that I believe. That's something that I've, I've felt before. Sure. And, and I want to sing about that as a human being and as a spiritual being. And um, so, you see... This is not, and you use the word crossover, I honestly never thought about this as a crossover because I am singing songs of faith on this record as well. This song is still a very faith-based record, it's, and, it's, and it's a chance to view some of these songs with, with content that everybody as human beings goes through. It's a chance to view those with, with new eyes. As a Christian, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I've sung that in, in many churches over the last couple of months as it's been out, some of which have been in services about reaching out to our community. Mm. And showing the people around us love and viewed through that uh, look at, <laughs> looking glass. <laughs> that was my four-year-old boy who came up and scared me right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so for all of you out there, that's what a four-year-old boy sounds like. <laughs> that's great. But uh, that's the looking glass through which uh, you know we're, we're viewing we're viewing those things. And I also come at this a little bit jaded as well because I grew up in this family. 
that I say jaded in a, in a fun way. I kind of I grew up in this family that my parents. I had such a, a wide musical experience. They had season tickets to the opera. They never missed Dolly Parton when she came to town, and we had every Bill and Gloria Gaither record that was ever put out. Uh-huh. You know, so it was. Uh, we we um, listened to just about everything, as well as artistically. You know, my mom would take me out of school on some days and take me down to the art museum mm. to to walk through the art museum and look at look at art, you know, look at the interpretations of the world as, as, as an artist had done it. And so there's part of me, too, that as a musician, as a, as a performer, that uh, I really wanted the chance, the opportunity on this record to create a beautiful piece of art, to interpret it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I told someone recently, if there is a painter and he's a Christian, you would never, most of us would never expect him to just paint pictures of the passion, pictures of from the gospel, right. his entire career. We wouldn't expect him to, to just to paint pictures of the cross or of the miracles of Jesus or, or what have you. It would be okay for him to paint a, a portrait of a beautiful woman or uh, a husband and wife walking down the street or a beautiful tree, sure. part of creation. And in a lot of ways, that's what I'm doing on this record, too. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not forsaking my faith or or even trying to cross over. I think I'm trying to create a piece of art that uh, is looked at through the eyes of a believer. I like that. That's good. I, I, I can see that very clearly, that that's exactly what you've done here. Now, I was yeah. talking to uh, Brian Duncan one time, and he said, you know, not every song has to be a Sunday school lesson. Right. You know, I, I heard someone say recently, perhaps music is not the best medium to discuss the intricacies of our faith. You know? <laughs> yeah. There you know, have been a lot of theological arguments and discussions throughout the years, and probably the best of them didn't happen with musical background, you know? Yeah. And so this, this is a time when we are inspired when we're listening to music, when we're uplifted, when we're, we may be challenged, when maybe something that makes us sad. I also want to point out, um, after what you just said um, uh, about the record when I just completed this, we were very, very careful. I was very careful and adamant in, in the song choices that... I didn't want songs that the content of them could either, I could either be singing to God or I could be singing to my girlfriend. You know, and, and a lot of songs have come through, even Christian music, that are like that, that in order to, to try to find something that doesn't offend anybody, we do lyrics that you can either be singing to someone you love or you could be singing to a God that you love. Right. And um, I was adamant. You know, we, we had, as you can imagine, we had songs come past us that, you know, pitched to us that were like that. Sure. And I just I didn't want to get into that at all. If I'm singing a love song, I want it to be about a love song because you know what? I'm a Christian and I have fallen in love before. Yeah. And that's an experience of my life, and I want I want to sing about my experience through the eyes of a person that has faith. Well, that's good. I mean, God has given us love. I mean, it's it's not yeah. just the the love for God, but I love my wife in a way that that I can't even express. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes and, music is a wonderful way to express that. And that's what artists do. Artists go out, whether it's a sculptor, a painter, a singer, a composer, we go out and we try to express things that, that the rest of us have trouble expressing in the words that we have. Of the tunes on this particular CD, which one is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I know that's probably really difficult to answer, but I always ask that. And, uh, it, it always is a very difficult question to answer because I like, I like them for different reasons. Yeah. And, I find I find myself drawn to Nessun Dorma, mm. and I know you read that about me uh, fighting singing opera. 
And I look, you know, of course, uh, I embrace that. I, I chose not to go and, and uh, have a career in opera, and I, I don't regret that by any means. But the chance now to choose one of those songs and to interpret that with the artistry God has given me mm-hmm. as a part of a larger career is really a great, I, I mean, I'm honored to do that. And it's, it's a great, timeless song that uh, I first heard Pavarotti sing. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was very moved by that, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I love listening listening to that one. I, that's one I'm very proud of. Are there any of the songs that that were particularly challenging to you, or, or are you at the point in your career where you can pretty much pick up anything and, and do it? Well, no. I mean, I, there's always a challenge. I would have to say that um, Nessun Dorma is that, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, I'm drawn to it so yes. much is because um, not only was I, you know, thinking, okay, I've got to put my own twist on this, but at the same time, this is known throughout the world uh, as done a certain way. So you have to keep elements of it that, of course, are moving and integral to the song itself. And so trying to sing it in a certain way that is absolutely moving. But at the same time, there's a foreign language involved. And um, for me, I want to know exactly what I'm singing and be able to convey that and include the emotion from the lyrics the way they were meant to be. Yeah. And so um, that was particularly challenging. Up to the last minute of the recording, that was challenging because I was afraid that I had sung a certain word wrong. I was afraid I had pronounced it wrong. And so actually the mixing engineer, his dad is Italian oh. and uh, had just gotten back from Italy. And so mixing the song, I said, okay, we can't go any further without checking this out because I will be so upset if I said this word wrong. <laughs> yes. And so he called his dad, and it was all right. Everything was good. But, uh, you know, to the very end, it was, it was uh, you know, a challenge. So how long did it take you to record the project? I believe we started sometime around January and finished in uh, July. Did you pretty much do it one song at a time, or were, did you have days where you just really got on a roll and you're able to do two or three different tunes? Well, um, it was a little bit different because the whole record pretty much is orchestrated. And um, I'll get to that in a second. But So we, we really were building this project together. And so there are some songs that took us a few days to iron out, to get the arrangement down. And there's a little bit of you have to look to the end product and then back up and see um, exactly how it's going to come together on some of them. And some of them we took from square one and just let it, let them evolve, you know? Um, and so, uh, it's always a little bit of a puzzle when you're going through a record building a project up. And, uh, this was no exception to that. And then one day I came in and I, and I sat down with the producer. I said, you know what? I think that I want to orchestrate this record. And I said, I, 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 we had our list of people from Ralph Carmichael to, you know, uh, David Hamilton, who are incredible, incredible orchestrators oh, you that I've used before and will use again. Uh-huh. And I said, there's something about this record. I really want to score it like a movie would be scored and uh, in- include the kind of hooks that you would find in a movie uh, within the orchestra, you know, not just laying a string pad on top of a track that's already there, which is done quite often. And so uh, he and I got together, and we, with a guy named Jeff Roach, who was also involved in uh, the recording, the keyboardist, and we orchestrated the entire record, spent weeks doing that, and then um, sat in the room with the players, and it, it was a very, very rewarding experience. So how many people total appear on this CD? 
you know what? I've never counted. <laughs> a lot of people uh, went in and out the door, but uh, but I've, I haven't ever really counted total okay. up. Well, I've I'll listened leave that to someone else. Okay, and I've listened <laughs> to some of the cuts, and uh, boy, some of the orchestration is is just huge. Some of it is huge, and we made sure too that some of it is absolutely sparse. Uh, there are a few that's just piano and strings, and that's it. Yeah. And sometimes that's best what would uh, portray the, the idea of the song. So The uh, CD is doing well. It was released late September, I believe. And that's right. Selling well. It's in all the uh, Christian bookstores, and I suppose it's on uh, Amazon and iTunes and all over the place. Yep, and Walmart. And, and then uh, we'll be out touring that record in the spring of '09. Let's talk a little bit about the other new project, which is Oh Holy Night. Change shall he break for 
a DVD that we did here, we filmed here in my barn here in Tennessee. I live on an old dairy farm, and um, we renovated this barn from the 1800s and uh, filmed the Christmas program in there, and it just turned out to be an incredible night. It's, it's filmed in the round, so in every shot you can get some of the band or some of the audience and see their reactions, and uh, it's, it turned out to be something special. So that sounds like a lot of fun. You recorded it in the springtime. Yes, it's in April, and it was it was very cold that night. <laughs> so it was good weather for uh, for a Christmas show. Oh, that's great! So, how many people were there in your barn? Uh, we had uh, probably close to five hundred. Oh, so this is not just some little one or two horse barn. No, it was a big. This was a big dairy operation at one point, and so from actually from January to April, I worked on renovating the barn. Had some help, but I I love doing that. So this thing I love getting my my hands dirty on. And um, got out there and really turned it from a dairy barn to kind of a rustic opera house inside. There's a big, huge black chandelier in the middle and uh, decorative lighting all around. And, uh, you know, the whole inside is whitewashed. And it, it really turned out to be something very unique. Now, according to something I read, this is a somewhat of a tradition in your home to have your friends over for a, a Christmas concert? Well, we, we, uh, we do a lot of Christmas stuff around here it's 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 very important to us and very fun and you know i have a young family so uh, we definitely make the most of it most of the songs that are on this cd have obviously been recorded countless times by who knows how many other artists when you're recording a song like let's say white christmas you know that people are going to listen to your version with bing crosby's version playing in their head too what do you do to bring something new to a song like that? Well, especially, uh, not, and that, that's one that was just done on the live program that, on the Oh Holy Night DVD. And, you know, for me, if I start comparing myself to Bing Crosby or, you know, whoever it is, Nick, 
so <laughs> I will very quickly talk myself out of doing a song, you know. Um, but uh, for me, what's more important is that it's it's a part of an entire evening, yeah. a thread of content that we're kind of weaving uh, through the night, and um, you know, it's a moment that we celebrate the the season, yeah. you know. The uh, and so it's more than. I try not to compare myself to to someone of uh, that stature, I guess. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. I already mentioned to you that uh, we interviewed Mark Lowry on the show, and of course he he wrote Mary Did You Know, and I have to tell you, Dave, that uh, your version of Mary Did You Know has got to be just uh, my favorite. The emotion that you you. bring to that. The first time I heard that, I think, was with you singing it, and every time I hear it, it just brings tears to my eyes. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you You know, for me, I've, I've heard it a bunch of different ways. And um, for me, it, it's this combination between this high, lonesome melody, uh, almost folky, and uh, this lullaby. Mm-hmm. And so we really took it very, very simple. And me and a guitar, and it just is really one of the sweetest moments. It, it, it really is. I thank you for, for saying that. Well, for me, Christmas is, uh, I think, my favorite time of year. I was in retail for several years, and I got so tired of Christmas because of all the work that's involved. And it took several years to to recover from that. But I have to say that that Christmas is my favorite time of year. And and I think it is so special that you've done this CD. I appreciate that. I highly recommend either one of these projects. David is, is a gifted guy, and as you've heard here, he's just a special human being as well. So... David, thank you so very much for being with us today. May God bless you richly, and may these uh, projects just really be very successful for you as you know they're really used to uh, get the message out. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and, and having me on your program, and I thank you very much. Well, David, thanks again for being on the LifeSpring Show. Hey, check out David's website at davidphelps.com. Guys, I'm going to have links to both CDs, The Voice and the CDD... <laughs> And the CD DVD set, say that five times fast. Uh, oh, holy night on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. Remember, when you buy from links that you see on the website, you help to support Lifespring Media. And right now, let me tell you, it's really a help to us. Before the show gets too long, I'm going to let you get out of here. Thanks for being with me today. Please don't forget to support our great advertisers, CovenantEyes.com, OvernightPrints.com, GoodSearch.com, and uh, links to these fine companies are at Ads.LifespringMedia.com. It will really help us out if you go there first, Ads.LifespringMedia.com, and then click on those sites or click on those links there instead of going directly to their websites. That way we get credit for it and it helps to continue the ministry here. Very special thanks to the awesome listeners who support us financially, too. You are so very needed and appreciated. And if you like what we're doing here and you would like to help, details are at lifespringmedia.com. So there we go. That's the show. That's it. Lifespring 181 is history. It's as they say in the can. Till next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb.